With Halloween right around the corner, I, Suggestive Gaming, figured now would be a great time to cover one of the most beloved horror game franchises of all time, Dead Rising. Now, astute viewers might recall that I had already covered Dead Rising on What You Need to Know nearly seven years ago, back in 2016. Seeing as it was only the sixth franchise that I had covered at the time, I wasn't quite as hardcore at covering the full story as I am these days. I had missed several games, DLCs, comics, along with other media, and even made a massive mistake at which ending was canon for Dead Rising 2. Real rookie stuff there. With Dead Rising 4 and its DLC released since then, it's time to redeem myself. As always, there's a few notes before we begin. Much like last time, I will only be covering the canon endings of each game in detail, correctly this time. I may mention some of the other possibilities, but they'll be mostly brushed over. I will also not be covering the mobile or Wii versions of the first Dead Rising since they're more or less the same story. I'll also be skipping over a lot of side missions, as well as some Smart Glass exclusive missions from the Xbox to focus on the main plot of each game. One final thing I won't be covering are any of the Dead Rising live-action film adaptations. The Crackle-produced Dead Rising Watchtower and Dead Rising Endgame have been confirmed by Capcom to be non-canon to the games, and while Zombrek's Dead Rising Sun was directed by longtime series producer Kiji Inafune, its story is pretty much standalone, and I couldn't find a great copy of it anyway. This time around, however, I will be covering Dead Rising 2 off the record, since that game is simply an enhanced version of Dead Rising 2, just with Dead Rising 1's Frank West as the playable character in a non-canon what-if type scenario, I'll just throw it in at the end of this video as a quick little bonus. Now, without further ado, this is what you need to know about the Dead Rising franchise. Our story begins in the year 2006, where we meet esteemed photojournalist Frank West, who's covered wars, you know. Frank, looking for his next big scoop, hires a helicopter pilot named Ed DeLuca to fly him to the rural town of Willamette, Colorado, to follow a tip he received about something big happening there. Approaching the town, Frank spots the National Guard blocking the roads in and out of Willamette. Once the helicopter flies over the main street, Frank sees what he initially believes to be some kind of riot, with several people attacking the citizens of Willamette. Frank has Ed drop him off on the rooftop of the Willamette Parkview Mall, instructing him to return to pick him up in 72 hours. While National Guard helicopters begin to tail them, Frank is able to jump out of the chopper and land on the roof of the mall, ready to start his investigation. As Ed flies off, Frank is greeted by a mysterious man, who seems to imply that the hostile people in the town are already dead. When Frank asks the man to explain what's going on, he simply states that Frank should see for himself. Frank then enters the mall, finding a group of survivors, including a woman he takes notice of, before one of them tells Frank that the attacking horde are none other than the undead, referring to them as zombies. 
While Frank and the survivors try to barricade the entrance to the mall, an old man with a cane begins to accost Frank, accusing him of summoning the old man to Willamette before he storms off. Just then, a distraught old woman spots her dog amongst the zombies, and in her attempt to rescue it, allows the horde to enter, killing her and several other survivors. Frank spots a man on the upper level of the mall, and he fights his way through the zombies to reach them. As zombies begin to fully spill into the mall, Frank reaches the upper level and finds his way to the mall's security room. There, Frank meets a janitor named Otis Washington, who welds the door to the room shut to protect them. Frank also meets the man who led him there, Brad Garrison, as well as his partner, Jesse McCarney, both officers from the Department of Homeland Security. Jesse looks through the photos on Frank's camera and recognizes the old man with the cane, but keeps his identity classified, at least for now. Frank enters the mall through the air ducts and continues his investigation, soon coming across Jesse once again, who is now wielding a pistol. After Frank accidentally knocks her down, believing her to be a zombie, Jesse explains that she saw Brad getting attacked on a security monitor and was going to assist him. With her ankle now sprained from the fall, she reluctantly gives Frank her gun and returns to the security room as he rushes off to find Brad. In the mall's food court, Frank spots Brad in the midst of a shootout with the mysterious man that greeted him on the rooftop. After providing backup for Brad, the attacker makes a hasty escape. In the wake of the battle, Brad refuses to provide Frank with any info as well, but after Frank shows him the photo of the old man, offering to help find him, Brad reluctantly agrees to team up and work together. The pair make finding the old man their new priority, returning to the entrance plaza where they find him barricading himself behind a locked gate. While Brad tries to convince the man to come with them, he refuses, only agreeing to go with if they can secure a safe escape route. Brad returns to Jesse in the security room, where they discuss the request the man, revealed to be one Dr. Barnaby, had made. However, Jesse finds all of her signals blocked. Therefore, she cannot reach out to the DHS for help. Frank then reveals to them that the helicopter that dropped him off will be returning in three days and agrees to let them use it to transport Barnaby in exchange for information on what's going on. Brad agrees to help fill Frank in, but only after they finish survival preparations and get Barnaby to the security room. Around this time, Frank spots a wasp-like flying insect. Mysteriously, when Frank kills the insect, the zombies in its vicinity immediately die as well. Also within the mall, Frank comes across various survivors, which he has the chance to help, or in the case of those who have become violent and or insane psychopaths, dispose of. Eventually, Brad, Jesse, and Frank spot the mysterious man dragging Dr. Barnaby on one of the security cameras. Believing this man to have been who called Barnaby to summon him to the mall, and potentially the key to unraveling the mystery, Brad and Frank run off to find him. At the entrance plaza, the man opens fire on them with a sniper rifle while holding the professor captive, dangling from a rope. Frank and Brad engage in another gunfight with the man, defeating him and causing him to flee once again, but not before shooting Brad in the thigh. 
Frank finds the professor alive, but unconscious, and gets him and the wounded Brad back to the security room safely. There, Jesse is able to stop Brad's bleeding, but sends Frank to the mall's supermarket to get medicine from the pharmacy inside. Frank reaches the store, but is stopped by a psychopath who has the woman he saw in the entrance plaza when he first arrived captive. Frank defeats the psychopath, and the woman awakens shortly after. While Frank tries to offer his help, the woman refuses it, claiming that people like him were the ones who ruined Santa Cabeza and started all of this before she runs off. Retrieving the key to the pharmacy, Frank is able to grab the medicine and bring it back to Jesse in the security room. After Jesse administers the medication, she checks on Barnaby to discover that he is awoken. When Frank states that the woman he found mentioned Santa Cabeza, Barnaby grows scared, leading Jesse to ask him about it. As Frank tries to document his response, Jesse closes the door on him, forcing him to find his information elsewhere. Frank watches the security monitors and spots the woman on a motorcycle inside the mall. Frank reaches her and the pair battle, with Frank eventually knocking her off her bike. After learning that Frank is a reporter, the woman, Isabella Keys, offers to bring her brother, Carlito, the mysterious man who keeps popping up, to Frank for an interview. Before she leaves, Isabella reveals that the zombies weren't created by them, but Carlito did unleash them on Willamette to reveal them to the world. As Frank waits for his meeting with Carlito, he returns to the security room to ask Jesse and the now-recovered Brad what they've learned from Barnaby. Barnaby states that Santa Cabeza is a stronghold of the Central American drug trade, and he believes that the zombification must be a side effect of these illicit drugs. Claiming this to be all he knows, Barnaby begins to cough and leaves the room as he awaits their extraction. Frank then waits at the spot Isabella told him to find Carlito, but grows suspicious when he doesn't arrive on time. Suddenly, the woman bursts through the door with a zombie in tow. Frank defends her and notices that she is bleeding. Isabella states that she wasn't bitten, but instead was accidentally shot by Carlito when he grew angry at her suggesting that they work with Frank. Frank then carries the injured woman through the mall while Carlito speaks to her over the intercom, pleading for her forgiveness. Frank gets Isabella back to the security room, where Brad questions her. Isabella reveals that there was no drug trade in Santa Cabeza, but there was an American research facility. Inside this facility, research was being performed on a wasp-like parasitic insect that turned livestock into zombies. She states that if they don't believe her, they should ask the facility's head researcher, Dr. Barnaby. Right on cue, Barnaby bursts into the room, seemingly turning into a zombie himself, and he attacks Jesse. Frank is able to kick Barnaby off of her, knocking him out of his daze. While the man is shocked to learn he's becoming a zombie, he finally tells Frank the truth, that he was conducting experiments on the wasp-like, zombie-producing Ampulex Compressa Giganteus, whose adult version are called queens, with the intent of reducing the cost of breeding and mass-producing livestock. With his final breaths, Barnaby proclaims that he did nothing wrong before dying from the infection. 
Isabella then explains that the queens in the lab escaped into her village, turning nearly everyone into zombies. The military was then called in, and they wiped out Santa Cabeza, leaving only a few survivors, including Isabella and Carlito, who swore revenge for what was done to their homeland. When Barnaby's zombified body reawakens, Brad is forced to put him down. Sometime later, after Carlito pleads with Isabella over the PA system some more, she reveals that Carlito had planned to blow up the mall as a last resort if he ever got cornered. Even worse, this ensuing explosion would propel parasitic larvae into the atmosphere, effectively spreading the zombification worldwide. Frank rushes off to find the time bombs Carlito had hid within trucks in the maintenance tunnel, and despite Carlito's attempts to stop him, Frank is able to successfully prevent the explosion while Brad pursues Carlito on foot. This leads to yet another gunfight between Brad and Carlito, but this time, Carlito defeats Brad, mortally wounding him and leaving him to be devoured by zombies. Frank returns to the security room to ask Isabella what else Carlito had planned, and she leads him to her brother's hideout to investigate his computer. The pair find the computer hooked up to the jamming device that's stopping Jesse's calls for help. Unfortunately, however, the computer is password protected, leaving Isabella to try various possibilities while Frank returns to the security room after a call from Jesse. There, Jesse shows Frank a recording from one of the security cameras, showing Carlito being dragged by a large psychopath. Frank rushes to the butcher shop and fights this psychopath, defeating him and freeing Carlito. Frank promises Carlito that he'll tell the world what happened in Santa Cabeza if Carlito gives him the password to his laptop. But Carlito simply states that it's not over before handing a locket around his neck to Frank instructing him to give it to his sister. Carlito then dies from his wounds, leaving Frank to return to Isabella. After Frank gives her the news of her brother's death, he gives her his locket, which leads her to figure out the password to his laptop. With the radio jammer now disabled, Jesse is able to call the DHS headquarters, but quickly learns that they will provide no help, instead deciding to deny any knowledge of the event and send in special forces to clean up the area, handling Willamette the same way with Santa Cabeza. When the special forces arrive, they attempt to take Jessie into custody, but she turns into a zombie due to her attack from Barnaby earlier. Frank then finds her and is forced to put her out of her misery himself. As the special forces continue to swarm into the mall, led by Commander Brock Mason, they begin killing everything in sight. Frank is forced to fight through them to return to Isabella, who tells Frank to save himself and get to the helipad to wait for Ed's return. As Ed approaches in his helicopter, however, he is attacked by a zombie that was able to enter the cockpit, causing him to crash. A hopeless Frank is then left stranded on the rooftop of the mall as a crowd of zombies approach him. While Frank gives up hope and allows the zombies to attack him, he is saved at the last moment by Isabella, who arrives and shoots the zombies approaching him. Frank then passes out, and Isabella gets him back to Carlito's hideout. 
There, Isabella reveals to Frank that he had somehow been infected by the zombie parasite, but thanks to his high resistance to the zombification process, he'll have enough time to fetch some items Isabella can use to extract hormones from one of the queens to create a suppressant based on research Carlito had previously asked her to do. While this suppressant will only temporarily halt the zombification process, Frank agrees that it's his only hope. After Frank retrieves the supplies, he laments that since they don't know how long the suppressant will work for, he will be a walking zombie time bomb. This makes Isabella realize that Carlito had used her research to create 50 samples of the suppressant drug, using it on 50 orphans he had previously infected with the parasite before finding them homes all across the country. This plot turned out to be Carlito's true plan, creating his own ticking zombie time bombs to infect the entire United States. Frank then heads off again to retrieve a power generator and 10 queens in order to extract their hormone to create the suppressant. He does so, and on the way discovers a tunnel that the two can use to escape the mall. With the suppressant complete, Isabella administers it to Frank and reveals that while she was working, she discovered a pheromone that could keep the zombies at bay. The pair then head to the tunnel and use the pheromone to make their way through to the other side. When they emerge into a sewage treatment plant, however, they find the special forces waiting. They are able to commandeer a Humvee, which Frank drives while Isabella mans its turret. They are soon met by Commander Brock Mason inside of a tank, but after a quick battle, Mason rams into the Humvee, flipping it on its side and knocking out Isabella. Frank emerges from the wreckage and speaks to Mason, who reveals that he led the Santa Cabeza cleanup operation as well. When Mason is distracted by an approaching horde of zombies, Frank jumps upon the tank and fights the commander hand to hand. After Frank beats him in the fight, the commander falls into the surrounding crowd of zombies, and Isabella awakens to find the crowd trying to topple the Humvee. Frank, seeing the crowd of zombies growing larger, simply screams to the sky. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. And that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Frank quickly comes to his senses and realizes that he won't go out without a fight. He rushes to Isabella and rescues her, and the pair spot a helicopter arriving in the distance. They run to it and meet Agent Cornell from Homeland Security, who takes Isabella under arrest due to her being a wanted terrorist. Sometime later, Frank West gets out of Willamette and makes his findings public. The U.S. government, while admitting to the livestock research, claimed the Willamette incident was the work of a terrorist group, 
and are once again not held accountable for the outbreak. The news of the event quickly fades out of the public consciousness, while the validity of Carlito's orphan plot simply remains to be seen. Two years later, we find Frank West living in Hubbard Gulch, Nevada, stricken by nightmares of what he endured in Willamette. Frank is now reliant on regular doses of a mass-produced pharmaceutical drug called Zombrex, which continues to impede the zombie parasites within his body. Frank hears a reporter on the radio, Rebecca Chang, discussing a minor outbreak in a small town called Coyote Springs, just outside of Las Vegas, and she mentions her distrust in the government's story. Frank, now the host of his own TV show called Uncovered, calls his agent, Clay Hurlton, to try to book her for the show. Clay states that he can't book Chang, or anybody for that matter, as the network is canceling Frank's show immediately to replace it with a reality show. Frank angrily hangs up on Clay and grabs his trusty camera, deciding to hit the story head-on, calling Rebecca Chang himself. Meanwhile, motocross superstar Chuck Green travels to Las Vegas with his wife, Pam, and daughter, Katie. Pam expresses her hesitation in going to Las Vegas after hearing Rebecca Chang's report, but Chuck thinks the reports are exaggerated and trusts that the military will handle it. The group then reach Las Vegas and the arena where Chuck will participate in a race that night. In Coyote Springs, the military arrive and begin to clear out the zombie infestation. Rebecca Chang watches the destruction from the outskirts and demands to speak with the squad's leader, Captain Kilduff. Kilduff doesn't take kindly to Chang, refusing to give her any information, and threatening that if she takes a news chopper into the area, he won't hesitate to shoot it out of the sky. Rebecca then gets a call from Frank West, who offers to meet her to compare notes about the military's involvement in the zombie outbreaks. She agrees, but only after she meets with a contact in the nearby Fortune City. Unfortunately, this meeting will never happen, as her contact, a researcher named Dr. Cornell for the Phenotrans Pharmaceutical Company, responsible for the production of Zombrex, is discovered by the company's head of security, Harjit Singh. Singh brings Cornell to the company's director, Dr. Marion Mallon, who questions the doctor on why he'd reveal such sensitive information. Cornell explains that he couldn't be a part of the company's experiments on human test subjects with a clear conscience. While he tries to apologize to the director, she has Singh execute him before instructing the commander to focus on his operation in Las Vegas later that night. Frank meets with Rebecca Chang at a diner, telling her about Santa Cabeza and Isabella. Frank suspects that the government is behind the various outbreaks that have been occurring across the country over the past two years, using Carlito's orphans as scapegoats. Rebecca agrees, but also suspects that Phenotrans is somehow involved, seeing as more outbreaks would mean more profit for them. The pair agree to work on an investigation together, and Rebecca suggests that they start their search in Fortune City. Meanwhile, Harjit Singh and several mercenaries for Phenotrans stop at a gas station in Still Creek, Nevada, en route to Las Vegas, where they plan to release Queens to create a massive outbreak. 
Not wanting Vegas to have all the fun, Sing releases a vial of Queens in Still Creek as they leave the town. In Las Vegas, Chuck Green prepares for his race with a good luck kiss from Pam. Meanwhile, Frank's former agent, Clay, stands in one of the press boxes of the arena while he speaks on the phone with music industry icon Tyrone T.K. King about his idea for a reality show called Terror is Reality. T.K. is currently on his way to meet him at the arena to check out some of the motorcyclists for inclusion in the show. Unbeknownst to everyone, however, Harjit Singh arrives and lets loose the queens, infecting many of the audience, including Chuck's wife, Pam. Clay watches the crowd turn to zombies, and TK turns his car around. Chuck wins the race, but his victory is immediately sullied when he looks into the crowd. Rebecca receives word of this new outbreak and rushes to Las Vegas with her crew, calling Frank to tell him to meet her there. Chuck gets back on his motorcycle and fights through a group of zombies to get to his family. As soon as he reaches them, however, Pam turns into a zombie and very quickly bites their daughter, Katie's arm. As Pam continues to attack Katie, Chuck is forced to put her out of her misery before taking his daughter to his truck. Chuck then rushes away from the arena in hopes to find Katie Zombrex to slow her infection. After crashing through a pharmacy window, Chuck finds Katie Zombrex and injects her with it, which successfully slows her infection, even though she protests, not liking shots. Chuck then gets her back to his truck, and they drive towards Still Creek, not knowing another outbreak awaits them there. Meanwhile, Frank and Rebecca reach the outskirts of Las Vegas, where they're stopped by a military blockade, set up suspiciously quickly. Captain Kilduff arrives as soon as Rebecca starts asking questions, and he recognizes Frank, holding a grudge for Frank's killing of his old friend, Brock Mason. After Frank mocks him, Kilduff storms off. Frank then shows Rebecca a text message he received from an unknown sender, claiming only to be a friend, who can provide them with answers about the secret Phenotrans plans and experiments. Back at the Phenotrans research facility, Harjit Singh reports the success of the Las Vegas outbreak to director Marion Mallon, who calls it their first major harvest. She then leaves him with an ominous promise that there will be many more to come. When Chuck reaches Still Creek, he stops at the gas station and watches military jets fly above, towards Las Vegas. Chuck gives Katie another dose of Zombrex, since they're only effective for 12 hours. While Chuck takes Katie inside of the gas station to investigate, a thief steals his truck and drives off, stranding them within Still Creek with no more Zombrex. As zombies begin to approach, Chuck takes Katie back inside the gas station and barricades the door to provide them with a safe house. Chuck then leaves Katie there while he explores the town to search for Zombrex as well as a way out. Chuck reaches a quarantine zone within the town and finds some Zombrex in a crashed ambulance, and he overhears a transmission on a dead soldier's radio stating that backup will be in town by nightfall. Chuck then spots a motorcycle chassis and realizes that he can rebuild it in order to escape. 
After taking the chassis back to the gas station and getting his list of parts needed together, Chuck heads out into town, finding one of the queens buzzing outside. Chuck works with various survivors within the town, taking them back to the gas station so they can await extraction from the military. After finding all of the pieces of the bike and reassembling it, Chuck gives Katie her dosage of Zombrex just as night falls. Just then, the psychopath mechanic of the gas station, Jed, arrives and attacks Chuck, hoping to eliminate Katie due to her infection. After a grueling battle outside, Chuck defeats Jed, who warns him that the military will get his daughter anyway. A car then falls on Jed, finishing him. Chuck then takes Katie on the motorcycle, and they leave the city, just as the military arrives. Outside Still Creek, Chuck comes across his truck, broken down with the thief, dead in the driver's seat. Chuck retrieves and dons his signature jacket, Katie's backpack, their stash of Zombrex, as well as a photo of his daughter, before the pair ride off on the motorcycle towards an unknown future. Over the next two years, Chuck joins the Terror is Reality television show, hosted by Tyrone T.K. King in Fortune City. The show features several cyclists driving around an arena, slaughtering zombies, with the grand prize going to the one who scores the most points by doing so. Chuck wins the grand prize and is congratulated by T.K.'s assistants, twin sisters Amber and Crystal Bailey. In the locker room, Chuck overhears a news report about the zombie rights group Cure, who have shown up in Fortune City to protest Terror is Reality for its unethical treatment of zombies. Stacy Forsyth, the leader of Cure's Nevada branch, presses for the government to stop neglecting the infected, despite the lack of public support for the cause. As Chuck enters an elevator to get to the green room, an explosion suddenly goes off and rocks him, knocking him unconscious. Chuck escapes the elevator to witness a horrific sight, an outbreak ongoing in the arena. Chuck reaches the green room and finds Katie hiding safely inside of a closet. Chuck grabs her and runs out of the arena, emerging into the now fully overrun Fortune City. Chuck is able to carry Katie to an emergency shelter, where he meets with some fellow survivors, including Fortune City security officer Raymond Sullivan, who initially stops them from entering after seeing the mark from Katie's bite. Chuck convinces Sullivan that it's a pre-existing condition, and that he has Zombrex to treat it, which is actually a lie, as the box Chuck shows him is secretly empty. Sullivan states that he better have plenty since rescue won't arrive for another three days. After getting Katie situated in the security room, Chuck meets Stacy Forsyth, the Cure member, who states that she can lead him to some Zombrex for Katie. After taking a radio from Stacy, Chuck leaves Katie in her care and heads to the Royal Flush Mall to search its pharmacy for the Zombrex. Using the air ducts, Chuck emerges into Fortune City, finding the pharmacy and stopping a group of looters from robbing it. Afterwards, he's able to obtain some Zombrex and return to the safe house to administer it to Katie. On television, Rebecca Chang reports about the outbreak in Fortune City, claiming that the release of zombies into the city wasn't an accident, but rather an act of terrorism. 
She then shows footage of a man in a motorcycle helmet blasting open the gate to allow the zombies to escape the arena, claiming his identity to be none other than Chuck Green. Rebecca goes on to claim that Chuck is a member of Cure, and this act was on their behalf to escalate the protest group's methods to violence. Chuck decides to find Rebecca Chang at the Fortune City Hotel to hopefully learn of the source of her footage so he can learn who is setting him up to hopefully clear his name. Hoping to clear Cure of any involvement as well, Stacy takes Chuck's word of his innocence and agrees to continue helping him remotely while watching over Katie. At the hotel, Chuck meets Rebecca and proclaims his innocence, but she refuses to give up her source. Rebecca compromises and agrees to take Chuck to the central security room to review surveillance footage in exchange for an exclusive interview with him. Once they arrive, Rebecca picks the lock to the door, and when they enter, the pair discover that everything inside had been destroyed. Oddly, however, the security guards inside had been killed by gunshot, proving that someone was attempting to cover up what's really going on. Chuck then gets a call from Stacy, summoning him back to the safe room, where Sullivan is threatening to kick out Katie after seeing the report on Chuck. As Chuck reaches them and pleads for Sullivan to give him a chance to prove his innocence, Rebecca arrives in tow, and Sullivan reluctantly agrees to let the Greens stay before leaving. While Stacy initially holds a grudge against Rebecca for her reporting, the trio agree to work together to reveal the truth. Soon, Stacy notices a group transporting large equipment at the entrance to the maintenance tunnels, and Chuck goes to investigate. There, Chuck spots TK emerging from a train car. TK notices Chuck and six his men on him, who Chuck is able to defeat. TK then leaves on the train, forcing Chuck to commandeer a motorcycle from one of his men to give chase. All we had to do was follow the damn train, CJ! Chuck jumps the motorcycle onto the train and fights his way towards the front car, confronting TK and demanding answers. TK reveals that he was behind the footage framing Chuck, but detaches the front car and escapes. Later, Chuck returns to Stacy and Rebecca to tell them about TK. Stacy then spots TK's men trying to break into the vaults of the various casinos in the area, and Rebecca rushes off to investigate. Chuck follows and stops them from breaking into the vaults before destroying their armored van and foiling TK's plot. Chuck and Rebecca reunite and determine that TK's plan was to release the zombies to create a distraction while he robbed Fortune City blind. Rebecca, now trusting Chuck, tells him to join her later that night for a meeting with her source. Chuck goes to a nearby nightclub to meet with Rebecca, but is surprised to find her source there instead, TK's assistant twins, Amber and Crystal, who have the reporter hostage. Chuck is then forced to fight them to the death. Once he is able to take out one of them, the other is overwhelmed with grief and takes her own life, bringing an end to the twin sisters. With Rebecca now safe, she reveals that she learned that TK still plans to get whatever money he can before escaping from the city. Chuck and Rebecca agree to meet at a rooftop later that night to watch for TK's escape helicopter. Later, in the security room, Katie begins to convulse, and Chuck fears that she is beginning to turn. 
Stacy assures him that it's just a side effect of the Zombrex, and shares her hope that one day a cure will be found for the parasite. Stacy then reveals that a woman named Isabella Keys was looking for it. That night, Chuck and Rebecca meet at the rooftop and wait for TK's helicopter. They then see it landing atop the roof of the hotel, and they rush to get there to stop TK. The pair reach the roof of the hotel just in time to see TK loading the money into the helicopter. As the helicopter takes off, Chuck attaches a crane hook to it and throws multiple objects into the chopper's rotors to eventually bring it down. TK survives the crash, although it knocks him out, and his money burns around him. Chuck takes TK back to the safe room, where Sullivan gives him handcuffs to secure him to a bed in the infirmary. Chuck gets one last dose of Zombrex for Katie, and Stacy informs him that help will arrive at first light. Come morning, the National Guard's anti-zombie unit, led by Sergeant Dwight Boykin, arrives in Fortune City and begins their cleanup operation. As Rebecca captures them on film, a mysterious gas begins to seep from the sewer grates, mutating the zombies into a stronger form that begin to overpower the AZU soldiers. Rebecca attempts to escape, but winds up heading underground and getting lost in the tunnels. Chuck and Stacy watch this all occur over the security cameras, and Sullivan states that another rescue attempt will occur in 24 hours if there's still signs of survivors. Unfortunately, if that also fails, Sullivan reveals that the military will firebomb the entire area to wipe out the zombies. Chuck rushes to the underground tunnels to search for Rebecca, and finds her captured by Sergeant Boykin, who has gone mad from the events. Chuck is forced to fight and kill Boykin, rescuing Rebecca before carrying her back to the safe house. There, TK wakes up, revealing that he has something to do with the gas. Chuck asks him why TK framed him, with TK simply stating that he doesn't know, and that Chuck's name was just the one that they gave him. Before they can learn any more from TK, zombies begin to breach the safe house. Chuck keeps them at bay and repairs the security door, while Sullivan, the man responsible for keeping the place safe, is conspicuously absent. In the confusion, TK is able to get free, but he is found by a zombie, bitten, and subsequently infected. After the chaos clears, Sullivan reappears and states that TK had gotten the better of him and knocked him out. It's at this point that Chuck can decide to administer Zombrex to TK to ensure he pays for his crimes, or simply leave nature to take its course. Either way, a news report then states that all of the survivors in Fortune City are presumed to be dead, and the President of the United States has ordered an immediate eradication of everything in the area. This leads Rebecca to determine that there's definitely something bigger going on besides a simple heist plot. Chuck decides to investigate the underground tunnels to hopefully learn more, despite Sullivan's attempts to stop him. There, Chuck finds the source of the gas, as well as a large, spinning device that draws zombies in close before killing them and automatically harvesting their queens. After defeating the mercenaries guarding the machine, Chuck disables it as well as shutting off the gas canisters. He then finds several researchers running this harvest who open fire on him, forcing him to kill them. 
In their wake, he obtains their laptop, revealing them to be employees of Phenotrans, as well as a communications device. Chuck takes these back to the safe house and reveals Phenotrans' involvement to Stacy and Rebecca. Just then, Sullivan arrives to discredit Chuck's claims, but Rebecca examines the laptop to learn Phenotrans' true goal, to create a new, massive outbreak to increase the need for Zombrex to ultimately increase their sales. Chuck gives Rebecca the transceiver so she can call her radio station, but just as she attempts to, Chuck and Stacy are shocked as a gunshot rings out. Rebecca falls to the floor, dead as the shooter is revealed to be Sullivan. Sullivan then takes the laptop and transceiver, and Chuck realizes that he's been working for Phenotrans all along. Sullivan points his weapon towards Chuck and Katie, attempting to finish the cleanup, but Stacy knocks it out of his hand with a baseball bat. Chuck grabs the fallen gun, but Sullivan scurries off before Chuck can hit him. Chuck races to follow Sullivan, eventually finding him atop the rooftop of a casino. After Chuck accuses Sullivan of killing innocent people just for money, Sullivan refutes his claim by stating that Phenotrans needed to use the event to breed and harvest a massive amount of queens. Using Isabella's process, the queens could then be used to create a consistent supply of Zombrex to combat the growing number of outbreaks happening around the country. Fortune City was seen as a small sacrifice for the greater good of the country, and Chuck, having lost his wife in the Vegas outbreak, was the perfect scapegoat. Still angered by Sullivan and Phenotrans' actions, Chuck attacks Sullivan. After a grueling battle, Chuck defeats Sullivan, but his transport plane arrives and attacks Chuck. As Sullivan attempts to extract, Chuck cuffs his lower half to the roof. When the plane drags him away, Sullivan's body is split in half, killing him instantly. Chuck then grabs the transceiver and calls Channel 6 Action News, Rebecca's former employer, and promises the story of a lifetime as long as they send a rescue chopper immediately. If Chuck had given TK the Zombrex, he returns to the safe room to find Stacy and Katie missing. Chuck then hears from TK and learns that he had taken Stacy and Katie hostage. After TK mocks Chuck by making him get various items of no importance, Chuck finds TK and fights him hand to hand, eventually killing him and rescuing Katie and Stacy before they all leave the arena together. In the other, more likely scenario, if Chuck allowed TK to turn into a zombie, Chuck returns to find Stacy and Katie safe. After escorting them to the Channel 6 chopper, Chuck realizes Katie's backpack is missing. When he returns to get it, the zombified TK attacks Chuck. Stacy attempts to help, but Chuck simply throws her the backpack and instructs her to take care of Katie. Stacy reluctantly agrees and leaves Chuck behind, returning to the helicopter, which takes off, leading Katie and Stacy to safety. As Chuck continues to fight off the zombified TK, he is suddenly assisted by an extremely unlikely party, none other than Frank West. Frank knocks out the attacking zombie and immediately recognizes Chuck as the one supposedly responsible for the outbreak. Chuck proclaims his innocence, stating that Phenotrans are the ones behind everything, including Rebecca Chang's death. 
Taken aback by the news of Rebecca's murder, Frank agrees to take Chuck to the nearby Phenotrans research facility where they can hopefully find proof of the company's involvement as well as Chuck's innocence. Frank injects himself with a dose of Zombrex, and the pair head off to the facility. After reaching and scoping out the facility, Chuck and Frank infiltrate it through the air ducts, quickly finding it, too, to be overrun with zombies. The pair are able to fight through various zombies and Phenotrans security to a safe room, where Frank receives a message from his source and friend, who started the outbreak inside the facility in order to distract security. The source prints them a map and claims that if the two can enter access codes in various places in the facility, they can hack the secure networks and download information for them. Furthermore, the source informs them that if they can get into the director's office, they can find evidence that will clear Chuck's name. The pair get into the director's office and find proof that Phenotrans caused the Fortune City outbreak in order to harvest queens to make more Zombrex. Their operation was covered up and blamed on Chuck, as they publicly claim the drug is synthetic. When they return to the safe room, they find a message from Frank's source, who claims to have the rest of their data, but is currently trapped in a secure lab. The pair blast their way through the locked doors to reach the lab, where they finally reach Frank's anonymous source, his old friend, Isabella Keys. Frank is initially angered that Isabella is working for Phenotrans, but she explains that it was either that or jail. Furthermore, she claims that she had gotten close to developing a cure, but her research was stolen by the company. Isabella asks them to help her escape to continue her research, but suddenly, Phenotrans director Marion Mallon interrupts them from her office overlooking the lab, telling Isabella that that will never happen. A group of Phenotrans soldiers then rush in and hold the three at gunpoint, but Isabella is able to run off. She quickly returns with a gun, killing some of the soldiers holding up Frank and Chuck. She is soon tossed aside, however, by the arriving Harjit Singh. Isabella slides Frank a USB flash drive before she's carried off by Phenotrans security. Singh unfortunately crushes the drive beneath his boot and begins a battle with Chuck and Frank. The two work together in combat and are eventually able to bring down the giant of a man, causing him to break open a tank of queens, which proceed to sting him to death. After the battle, Frank and Chuck speak with Malin, with the journalist noting that the director looks like she could use Zombrex herself, considering some of her face has rotted. Malin then reveals that she was able to complete a cure using Isabella's research to use on herself, but refuses to release it, as it would not be in the company's best interest. Malin warns them that since they've destroyed the results of the Fortune City Harvest, another will have to occur soon. She then leaves, taking Isabella with her before setting the facility to self-destruct to destroy any evidence. Chuck frantically tries to find any information on the cure so he can use it on Katie, but Frank convinces him that it's too late, and they must escape before the facility explodes. The pair are able to evacuate safely with the evidence, and they discuss the possibility of a cure as they overlook the burning Phenotrans facility. As Frank realizes he left his Zombrex inside, Chuck tosses him a box, stating that the world needs Frank West. Ten years later, we find Nick Ramos, 
a young man working as a mechanic for Wrench-O-Rama in Los Perdidos, California. Nick takes an assignment from his boss, Rhonda Kresge, to drop off a car for a customer. Nick sees a young, blonde woman and, believing her to be the customer, gives her the car. As she drives off, however, the real customer rushes out and reveals that she had conned him. Nick grabs onto the car as she drives off, but both of them are surprised to see that the city is currently in the middle of an outbreak. The woman is forced to plow through a sea of zombies, but eventually crashes into a pole. Luckily, Nick had previously strapped a blowtorch under the passenger seat of the car, and he proceeds to use it to protect himself and the woman from the zombie attack. The pair are then joined by a truck driver named Dick Baker, who uses his own flamethrower to clear the area. Dick notices that Nick has a tattoo of a 12 on his neck, but Nick admits that he doesn't know why he has it. It's just always been there. The woman finally introduces herself as Annie and the three attempt to leave the city. However, they are soon stopped by the ZDC, Zombie Defense and Control, who inform them that the city is quarantined and they cannot leave. When Annie starts to go off on an officer about their surveillance practices and Zombrex chips, which have replaced the injections as means of administering the drug, he accuses her of being an illegal, or someone who refused the government's mandate to get a chip implanted. Annie asks Dick for help, and he creates a distraction with his flamethrower, allowing them to escape. Luckily, Rhonda arrives driving a semi-truck to protect the trio from a group of zombies, but she wrecks the truck in the process. Luckily, they're right by a diner, where the four decide to take up shelter. In the wake of the outbreak, Hunter Thibodeau, captain of the motorcycle gang The Kings of Chaos, breaks out of jail. Hoping to get back at the rival gang who framed him and got him locked up in the first place, Hunter heads out in search of his fellow gang member, Torque. Unfortunately, Hunter instead finds his old gang, now taken over by the man who framed him, named Spider. Hunter finds Torque, now exiled from the gang, who helps him build a custom bike to take down Spider and reclaim the Kings of Chaos. After building the bike, Hunter assassinates Spider's three lieutenants. However, when Hunter returns to Torque, he finds him dead, murdered by Spider as revenge. Hunter then finds Torque's stolen custom motorcycle and takes it to ambush Spider. The two then fight man-to-man, with Hunter winning, finally killing Spider and getting his revenge, reclaiming his place as head of the gang. Now day three of the outbreak, Nick Ramos searches for a way out of the city, but is unsuccessful. While escaping from a horde of zombies, Nick is knocked out, but he awakens just in time to see an airplane crash into the city. Nick then crosses through the wreckage to return to the diner where he regroups with Rhonda, Annie, and Dick. After Annie administers herself with a dose of Zombrex, Rhonda insults her for not getting a Zombrex chip implanted like everyone else. Annie claims that since the government can track the chips via GPS, those implanted are simply prisoners. Dick accidentally turns on the jukebox, and the ensuing noise attracts the horde of zombies to the diner. While a group of survivors that were already in the diner are killed, Nick and his three friends are able to escape safely and reach Rancherama, where they take refuge. 
Inside the garage, the group find and dispose of a zombie. They notice that the zombie had one of the Zombrex chips, implying that for some reason, the chip implants in the city have stopped working, allowing the citizens to turn into the zombies that now roam the streets. Nick finds a walkie-talkie on the zombie and speaks with a man named Jamie Flint, a survivor who's currently holed up in a ZDC surveillance room. Jamie then makes it his main goal to inform Nick about various other survivors in the city so he can help them reach shelter. On a television news broadcast, the group learns that the United States president, Sonia Paddock, is currently missing in the city, and a rescue mission is underway. A press conference with Secretary of Defense John Hemlock then begins, in which Hemlock blames the outbreak on an unknown, unchipped illegal. He then states that in six days, once the president and all other survivors are safe, the military will deploy a large incendiary bomb to wipe out the entire city. The newscaster then implores any survivors to get to a military quarantine station for evacuation. After reinforcing a van for transport, Nick and Rhonda make their way to the nearest quarantine station. However, when they arrive, they find it overrun and taken over by the Kings of Chaos Motorcycle Club, led by Hunter Thibodeau. When the gang takes Rhonda captive, Nick is forced to fight and subsequently kill Hunter. While he is able to rescue Rhonda, he is overwhelmed with the guilt of taking another human life. Rhonda talks him out of it and convinces him that he had no choice in order to survive. Very shortly afterward, Dick reunites with them and the trio come across Diego, a soldier in the military who was with the president at the museum but was forced to run, going AWOL in the process. Diego tells the group about a plane by the docks that Nick could fix up so they can fly out of the city before the bombs drop. As Diego searches his pocket for the plane keys, he drops them on the ground. Nick goes to pick them up, but as he bends down, a zombie bites his hand. Diego, Rhonda, and Dick rush to the plane while Nick quickly makes his way to a crematorium in the Ingleton district in hopes to find an emergency dose of Zombrex to halt his infection. After traveling through the sewers, Nick reaches the crematorium where he meets a mobster named Gary Finkel, currently working a job for an unknown kingpin. Nick agrees to help Gary get inside the crematorium so he can retrieve a body for his boss in exchange for Gary's help in finding the Zombrex. Once both men are inside, Nick helps Gary reach cold storage, where they search for a body under the name Nicole White. They find her in the morgue, and Nick initially mistakes her for Annie, as their resemblance is strong. After realizing Nicole is not his friend, Nick spots the Zombrex cabinet, which is unfortunately completely empty. Nick then asks Gary to put him out of his misery before he can turn, but as the man attempts to shoot him, he fails. Twice, wasting his last bullet. Gary quickly notices that it might not be necessary, however, as Nick's bite wound is mysteriously healing itself extremely rapidly, something Gary admits that he's never seen or heard of before. After Nick decides that he won't be needing the Zombrex after all, he helps Gary deliver the body to his boss at a nearby nightclub. After Nick delivers the body, Gary soon learns that it was not who his boss was looking for. Remembering that Nick mentioned Nicole's body looked like someone he knew, Gary asks him to bring Annie back to the club, promising fuel for the plane in exchange. 
Nick heads to the warehouse by the docks to consult with the others. And when he arrives, Dick notices that Nick and Diego both have tattoos of numbers on their necks, with Diego's bearing the number 49. Nick simply states that they grew up together in an orphanage and have had the tattoos as long as they can remember. The group come to the agreement that turning Annie over to the unknown boss in exchange for the fuel is the best course of action. Nick then heads to the nearby illegal gathering point to search for Annie. Around this time, special operations soldiers fly into the city, including Commander Adam Kane. Kane's directive, directly from John Hemlock, is to neutralize all unlawful citizens, including the President of the United States, who the Secretary of Defense has claimed betrayed the country by going soft on illegals and causing the outbreaks across the nation. Kane's helicopter is shot down, and he's forced to rush to the wreckage to recover the chopper's black box so his orders don't get leaked. After retrieving the black box, Kane's goal switches back to finding the president. Meanwhile, an illegal named Angel Quijano has been tasked by another named Doug to find supplies. After finding more and more innocents slaughtered by the military, she learns that the military is making their way to Sunset High School, the illegal's current headquarters. Angel reaches the school and helps fight off the intruders with Doug before the pair take off to establish a new base of operations at a nearby communications tower. Angel helps Doug clear the tower of any zombies before retrieving some supplies to keep them safe and alive. After, Angel and Doug fight a group of Spec Ops soldiers and learn that the survivors are being taken to cold storage for some kind of experiment. Angel goes there to help those captured escape, and after freeing them, she waits atop the roof of the Burgess Dawson Hotel to provide a distraction to allow them to get to the tower safely. Angel then simply awaits Spec Ops' arrival. Nick finds the illegal's hideout at the tower, but as he enters, he falls into a trap and is questioned by Doug, along with the group's leader, Ronald Red Jackson. Annie arrives and vouches for Nick, and he asks her to go with him to Ingleton to show her something. Annie immediately sees through his ruse and realizes Nick just wants to take her to the guy who's looking for her. Nick admits that he's just trying to get fuel for the plane, and Red offers to find some if Nick helps them instead. Red then claims that the government isn't saving survivors, but rather killing them off. He then states that if Nick helps sabotage the government's operations, he's got himself a deal. While destroying some equipment, Nick is drugged and captured by a psychopathic doctor named Albert and disposes of him before returning to the tower. There, Red receives word that Angel had previously learned of a recording of the attacks on civilians on a computer at the police station. Nick volunteers to go find the footage while Annie and Red head off to find Angel. When Nick arrives at the station, he sees Sergeant Hilda Schmittendorf retrieving a USB flash drive of the camera recordings. After Nick watches Hilda kill two survivors in cold blood, he's forced to fight her and her men. After successfully killing all of them, including Hilda, Nick is able to retrieve the flash drive. Nick then rushes to the roof of the Burgess Dawson Hotel, where Red and Annie have discovered Angel's dead body. Nick hands the flash drive over to Red, who tells Nick that he'll get the fuel for the plane. The pair then agree to meet back at the tower in a couple of hours. 
Around this time, Commander Adam Kane heads to the museum to search for the president. There, Kane slaughters Diego's former unit, finding a GPS tracker that gives him the president's location. After fighting through her security, Kane secures the president and takes her back to his base of operations. There, Kane receives his final orders to destroy the helicopter's black box. Nick returns to the tower to meet with Red, but finds that he's early. However, Gary Finkel suddenly jumps out and holds Nick and Annie at gunpoint, admitting that he had been following Nick in order to find Annie's location. As Gary tries to take Annie captive, however, Spec Ops soldiers storm the tower and take the illegals, including Annie, while Nick is knocked out. Red and Doug arrive later and wake Nick, who tells them that the others were taken away by Spec Ops. Nick and Red devise a plan to cut power to Spec Ops' base of operations, and Nick sneaks inside. There, Nick witnesses a video call between Dr. Marion Mallon of Phenotrans and General Hemlock. Suddenly, a soldier brings in the president, who is forcefully injected with the zombie parasite. As she's taken away, Malin reveals that she is searching for Diego, and will not allow Hemlock to bomb the city until she finds him. Furthermore, it's revealed that Malin and Hemlock were behind the Los Perdidos outbreak, using some kind of radiation to deactivate the Zombrex chips in the area. Nearby, Adam Kane prepares to destroy the black box, but before he can, the zombified president is brought before him. When the president attacks another soldier, Kane is forced to kill her. Kane then tells his superiors that he destroyed the black box, but in reality, he left it intact. Nick finds the illegals captured from the tower, as well as Gary, and sets them all free, defeating Adam Kane in the process. Red arrives with a getaway van and creates a distraction so the group can get to it. Nick doesn't allow Gary to get in the van with Annie, but he does allow him to run off on his own. Red then regroups with Nick and shows him a wanted flyer that's being placed around, offering a reward for information on anyone with a numerical tattoo on their neck, claiming those who have it are part of a terrorist cell. Nick claims to have no idea what it's about, and Red agrees to meet with him at a karaoke bar later that night, as soon as he makes sure the illegals are safe. As they part, Red holds up to his end of the deal and tells Nick where the fuel for the plane is being kept. Nick heads to retrieve the fuel, witnessing a new mutation of zombie with a nest of queens covering its head. Nonetheless, Nick gets in a car with the fuel in its trunk and brings it back to the warehouse with the plane. After he drops it off, however, Rhonda reveals that Diego had frantically left, with the plane keys still on him. As Rhonda continues to work on repairing the plane, Nick heads to the museum, believing Diego was trying to return to his unit. Nick reaches the museum and finds Diego, now snapped under the pressure of the situation and suffering a psychotic break. Nick is forced to fight him, eventually defeating him and snapping him out of his episode. Afterwards, Diego shows Nick the zombie exhibit of the museum, detailing the history of the various outbreaks over the years, including Frank West in Willamette and Chuck Green in Fortune City. Also featured in the exhibit is Carlito Keys, as well as his history with his sister, Isabella. Strangely, however, Diego notices a pattern on one of the images of a zombie that started one of the outbreaks, 
a tattoo of the number four on its neck. Diego then admits that the key to the plane was stolen by muggers, forcing the pair to retrieve it. Afterwards, Nick and Diego return to the plane, which Rhonda is able to fully repair after Nick helps her retrieve some final parts. With the plane now functional, Rhonda reveals that she doesn't plan to leave with them. After the events of the last few days, Rhonda realizes the mistakes of her past and elects to stay behind to find her ex-husband and patch things up while she still has the chance. Nick tearfully hugs Rhonda goodbye before leaving the warehouse with Dick and Diego to search for Annie and the others. Just as they exit, however, the group are ambushed and captured by the military, who quickly knock them out and subdue them. When Nick awakens, he finds himself strapped down to a bed, beside Diego, who is strapped down to his own. Above, Marion Mallon watches from an observation deck, referring to the pair as the Little Orphans. Suddenly, Mallon starts a test to activate Diego in order to determine which of them is the one. The scientists nearby then start shooting Diego with a laser, and the man is killed as various parasites and queens burst out of him. In the commotion, Nick is able to break free and escape the test chamber. He is soon met by Isabella Keys, still under the employ of Phenotrans. Nick initially meets Isabella with hostility over her starting everything back at Willamette, but she insists that the world has been lied to about her, before implying that Nick is immune to the parasites. Nick demands to know more, but Malin interrupts them, activating mechanical loaders to attack Nick as Isabella narrowly escapes. After Nick disables the machines, he is able to escape the lab as it begins to collapse around him. Malin is caught in the wreckage and unable to stop him, but afterwards, General Hemlock arrives in the flesh to meet with her. After making it back to the city, Nick goes to the karaoke bar to find Annie, so he can take her to the plane to get out of Los Perdidos. Surprisingly, he finds Gary outside, stopping him from getting in. Gary reveals that he was able to trap Annie inside the bar so his boss could finally retrieve her, but soon has a drunken breakdown over the loss of his wife, who coincidentally happens to be Rhonda. Nick rushes back to the garage and finds Rhonda, laying on the ground with her arms severed off after she was tortured by those searching for Nick. Nick helps treat her wound and replace her arm with a prosthetic, then takes her to the karaoke bar, where she reunites with her estranged ex-husband. Now with a reason to live, Gary lets Nick into the bar to find Annie. Inside, Nick rescues Annie, and the pair rush back to the plane, where they find Dick, but all other survivors are missing. Red arrives with Isabella, then rushes off to check for the others. Isabella then tells Nick and Annie about Santa Cabeza, as well as the zombie time bomb orphans that Carlito sent to America, Diego being one of them. Isabella finally reveals that Carlito didn't want to create something unstoppable, however, so he made a single orphan carry an immunity instead of the parasite. That orphan, they soon realize, was number 12, now known as Nick Ramos. Isabella warns Nick that Dr. Malin only wants the cure for herself and will do anything to get her hands on him. Red then calls for them to meet him outside, but when they do, a trap is sprung. A spec op soldier throws Isabella and Annie inside of a shipping crate. Red then appears and reveals that he intends to turn Nick in for the reward he saw in the flyer, threatening Isabella and Annie's life unless he goes willingly. 
Nick refuses and destroys the crane holding the shipping crate, allowing Isabella and Annie to run away. Nick then fights Red one-on-one, -on -one, eventually defeating the illegal traitor as Annie uses a crane to drop a crate on him, finally killing him. Nick and Annie then reunite, and Nick takes the Spec Ops soldier's transceiver to speak to Hemlock, convincing him to extend the firebombing another 24 hours. Nick and Annie then share a kiss, finally feeling safe. As they hold each other, however, a car pulls up. Gary's boss, and the man looking for Annie, is finally revealed to be none other than Chuck Green. Annie then rushes over to him, and Chuck is finally relieved to be reunited with his daughter, Katie Ann Green. Chuck reveals that he found their location from Gary, who was in the car with Rhonda. Isabella reunites with Chuck as well, and informs him that Nick holds the key to a cure. With the group finally reunited, they all rush back to board the plane. Knowing that they all won't fit, Gary and Rhonda volunteer to stay behind to help any straggling survivors. Nick gives Rhonda another tearful goodbye and boards the plane with the rest of the survivors. As they prepare to take off, however, they intercept a radio transmission, hearing Hemlock mention some kind of collection that will place the largest weapon of mass destruction known to man squarely in their hands. Isabella theorizes that they must be planning to collect the substance the mutated King Zombies give off to create some kind of massive weapon. Nick and Chuck exit the plane and work together to chase Hemlock's plane in order to stop him from collecting the King Zombies. The pair soon spot Hemlock and Malin arguing on a roof outside of their plane about their priorities. Hemlock wishes to capture the Kings in order to control the start and end of outbreaks wherever they wish, but Malin wishes to instead focus on finding Nick so they can make the cure. Hemlock tries to convince Malin to give up her search for a cure, but she refuses, causing him to pick her up and throw her off of the rooftop, instantly killing the director of Phenotrans. Hemlock boards his plane, which begins to release drones that collect the King Zombies. After stopping several drones, Nick grabs onto one of them, which takes him up inside of the plane. He reaches the cockpit and attacks Hemlock, causing the plane to crash during the scuffle. Nick is then forced to fight Hemlock, and after he defeats the Secretary of Defense, Nick kicks him into one of the still-spinning propellers of the plane, eviscerating him. Nick then sees the plane flying overhead, circling around to pick him up, to finally escape Los Perdidos to create the long-awaited cure for the zombie parasite. At some point before Nick is picked up, he finds an infected ZDC agent named Brad Park and injects him with Zombrex to save his life. Nick then runs off, expressing his disgust over the ZDC killing survivors instead of saving them. Believing this to be a lie, Brad sets off to figure out why Nick would think that. First, however, Brad delivers a truck of Zombrex to a doctor named Cora at the nearby hospital. The pair quickly realize that the Zombrex chips in the area have stopped working, and Cora asks Brad to bring some back so she can try to determine the root cause. Brad is able to extract some chips and bring them back to Cora, who proceeds to examine them while Brad rushes off to investigate a nearby explosion. Brad helps some survivors escape from remaining biker gang members and returns to Cora, who has since determined that the chips were purposefully disabled remotely. She then suggests that Brad find a hacker named Nelson, who had previously noticed something fishy with the chips. 
Brad finds Nelson and asks him to track some signals. In order to do so, the pair have to collect some equipment, and once they do, Nelson determines that the signal was a military frequency coming from the mayor's mansion. Brad finds the transmitter guarded by Spec Ops, and after he disables it, he finds information about a secret research lab, signed off by General Hemlock as well as Marion Mallet. Hoping to figure out their connection, Brad heads to the lab, where he finds the result of the test on Diego as well as information about a prison camp. Now questioning the ZDC's motives, Brad cuts out his own Zombrex chip before heading to the prison camp. There, Brad finds Adam Kane just barely alive after his battle with Nick. Adam is clutching the black box, imploring Brad that he must make things right. When Brad asks him to explain, Adam reveals that Hemlock was behind the death of the president, handing him the black box as proof. Brad then hands Adam his pistol, allowing him to prevent himself from turning. With the black box in his possession, Brad returns to a ZDC truck, which he uses to pick up the remaining survivors in the city including Rhonda, Gary, and Nelson. Brad then drives the truck out of the city, where a helicopter successfully extracts them. As they finally escape Los Perdidos, Brad Park looks at his ZDC badge and throws it out of the helicopter. At some later point, Isabella Keys returns to a Phenotrans facility and finds a security recording of her speaking with Marion Mallon. As it turns out, it was Isabella's idea to cause the Los Perdidos outbreak in order to suss out the immune orphan so she could create a cure and clear hers and her brother's names. She then destroys the footage, effectively covering her tracks. A few months later, in September of 2021, Frank West, now working as a college professor, is picked up by one of his students, Vic Chu, under false pretenses and taken to the outskirts of Willamette, Colorado. Frank is initially angered, but Vic explains that there's some kind of secret military base where a source informed her that illegal human experiments are being held, and she needs his photojournalism skills to capture it. Frank reluctantly agrees, and the pair reach the base. Frank takes the lead, and the pair sneak inside, spotting human captives. Even worse, however, are the zombies Frank finds and must fight through. The pair soon reach a lab, seemingly used for zombie research. The presence of the zombies, as well as Zombrex in the lab, confuses Vic, as the parasite cure has effectively rendered everyone immune. Frank watches a surveillance video in which a researcher named Dr. Blackburn reports her findings on treatment of zombies to someone named Fontana. While Blackburn is happy with their improvements, Fontana urges that it must be perfect, and quickly. Vic and Frank continue, finding more and more test subjects, both living and dead. Vic shoots one of the subjects to put them out of their misery, but the sound of the gunshot gives them away. The two argue over whether they were there to observe and report, or to actually help those in danger, but are quickly forced to separate as they each find a way out. When Frank escapes the base, he reaches Vic's car just in time to watch her speed away, leaving him stranded. While Frank escapes, he is accused of assaulting unarmed guards, and a countrywide manhunt begins. Months later, during Black Friday, a new outbreak mysteriously occurs inside of the recently built Willamette Memorial Megaplex, a massive mall built after the town's original was torn down. 
In January of the next year, 2022, Colonel Brad Park, still an agent of the ZDC, enters the classroom of a wedding photography teacher named Hank East. Seeing through this masterfully crafted alias, Brad determines Hank to be Frank West. Brad informs Frank of the ongoing outbreak in Willamette, catching him by surprise as the news has been so far covered up. Brad asks Frank for his help, revealing the truth behind the outbreak, as well as the research base Frank had investigated. But Frank refuses, given that his past attempts to expose the government's involvement in previous outbreaks only led to him getting professionally buried. Brad reasons that in the past he had insufficient evidence, but this time he'll make sure Frank gets more than enough. Brad then reveals that Vic is still on the case, and Frank reluctantly agrees to help out of a desire not only to clear his name, but to beat Vic to breaking the story. Brad and Frank board an aircraft into Willamette, but as they approach, Fontana orders one of her men to shoot it down, sending it crashing into the Megaplex. Frank and Brad survive the crash and explore the mall, finding a hotel with a door leading to the maintenance hallway. Frank and Brad then go their separate ways, with Frank working on catching up to Vic and Brad checking the town's relief efforts. While Frank investigates, he learns that these new zombies are able to infect and turn humans into zombies within moments, when the process used to take days. After finding some of Vic's notes that she left behind weeks prior, Frank learns that the outbreak started at the front entrance to the mall, which a private military company called Obscurus was guarding. Frank makes his way through the medieval village, defeating his first group of maniacs on his way. On his way to the entrance, Frank is forced to fight through mercenary forces, but doesn't find much information about what or who caused the outbreak. Coincidentally, Frank is met by another reporter named Darcy, who tells him that his girlfriend, Paula, is an expert on Obscurus. Frank exits the mall into Willamette and meets with Paula at the City Hall archives. She tells Frank that Obscurus left the area less than an hour ago, and he investigates to learn that the PMC have been following something, something dangerous and destructive. Frank follows a clue leading him to a drugstore and he investigates an outpost to find that Obscurus was definitely hunting something with large game tranquilizers, but Frank determines that whatever it was must have been hunting them back. He overhears a transmission on a radio about a current mission being aborted, with the speaker instructing everyone to fall back to the fire hall. Frank gets there and finds Paula outside, having her act as lookout as he sneaks inside the Obscurus stronghold. Inside, Frank eavesdrops on a conversation between Vic and Fontana, revealed to be the leader of Obscurus. Vic claims that she has information about a group that had previously attacked Obscurus and will hand it over in exchange for 30 minutes with Fontana, off the record. Just then, an Obscurus soldier brings Darcy before Fontana, claiming he was messing with their computers. Fontana has him placed under watch before agreeing to answer Vic's questions. As the pair prepare to leave in a truck, Fontana reveals that she knew Frank was hiding, sicking her soldiers on him as she leaves with Vic. Frank survives the ambush and follows Obscurus to learn more and hopefully rescue Darcy. While Frank follows them to a nearby dam, however, he is shot by a tranquilizer dart and passes out. When he awakens, Frank finds himself captured by not Obscurus, but instead angry locals. 
One of them, Tom, reveals to Frank that they had taken Vic in, but she went off and told Obscurus information about them, leading to a group being ambushed. Frank agrees to help in exchange for assistance from their engineer, Hammond, on getting into the dam. Frank thwarts the ambush at the junior high school and finds Hammond. After defeating all of the Obscurus forces in the area, Frank asks Hammond for her help with getting into the dam. Hammond gives Frank a ring of keys and tells him to enter through a service door on the side of the dam. On his way there, Frank gets a call from Brad, who has determined that the strain causing the current outbreak traces back to Santa Cabeza, but is mutated to be immune to both the cure and to Zombrex. After reaching and entering the dam, Frank finds Darcy tied up inside. Frank examines the dam to learn whatever Obscurus is hunting is called Calder. Frank begins to feel the ground shake, and he leaves Darcy tied up before searching for the trap that is supposedly holding this Calder. Frank arrives slightly too late, however, as he watches Obscurus load the trap onto a truck and drive away. Frank is then forced to don a giant cybernetic exosuit to fight through Obscurus forces. After Frank defeats them, he pursues the convoy, but soon finds that someone or something took it out. Frank follows the wreckage and finds Calder underground, masked in darkness. Although he can't get a good look at the monster, another strange zombie, one with immense speed and power, attacks him. After Frank takes out this zombie and several others like it, he receives a call from Obscurus's research director, Dr. Diane Blackburn, the woman he and Vic saw in the surveillance footage back at the secret base. Frank agrees to meet with Blackburn, who promises information in exchange for evacuation by the ZDC. When he reaches her location, however, Frank is startled to see her tied to a chair. Suddenly, a gun is pressed up against his head, and he turns to see it's held by his former student, Vic Chu. Frank argues with Vic over her choice of methods, eventually letting her leave with her gun while he stays with Blackburn. Blackburn reveals to Frank that Obscurus's research dates back to a project that was abandoned 15 years prior, around the time of the original outbreak. Frank soon learns that the project was conducted by none other than Dr. Barnaby, in a secret lab that Obscurus is obsessively trying to find. Blackburn tells Frank to look for the lab at a nearby winery, and Frank heads out, distracting Obscurus so Blackburn can escape in the process. At the winery, Frank finds Barnaby's lab, but unfortunately, Obscurus has beaten him to the punch, confiscating everything. Brad surmises over the radio that they must have taken it back to the secret base, but Frank notices another door in Barnaby's lab. He cracks the password and enters, finding a giant machine on the other side. Frank enters the machine to inspect it, but accidentally activates it. A swarm of the mutated zombies attack him, and he's forced to fight them off as he awaits for the system to reboot to open the doors to escape. Afterward, Frank meets back up with Hammond to hopefully recruit her to help him break into the base. However, he quickly learns from her that Tom went mad with power and started to lock up other locals in his farm. Frank assists Hammond in moving the remaining survivors to a pool hall, and she returns the favor by helping him blast his way into the Obscurus base. There, Frank finds evidence that the Obscurist research project has something to do with zombies regaining mental function. 
After watching some surveillance footage from just before the outbreak, Frank finally learns what Calder is. In the footage, Obscurus Lance Corporal Calder finds Barnaby's research and downloads it to his exosuit before finding the large machine in his lab. A container Barnaby was using to store a strain of the parasite he was experimenting on then bursts open, killing and turning Calder's men before infecting him as well. As the parasites overwhelm him, however, he is able to get inside and activate the machine's test chamber. The combination of the infection, as well as whatever effect the machine has, then turns him into the monster Obscurus begins to search for. Frank attempts to escape the lab, but his progress is stopped by Commander Fontana herself. Fontana reveals that Obscurus's original plan was to continue Barnaby's research into using zombism to create some kind of immortality treatment, but they have since shifted their focus to using it to create semi-intelligent zombies for cheap labor. Frank defeats Fontana in combat just as Calder bursts into the area, still donning an exosuit. Fontana rushes at him with a grenade in hand and it explodes, killing her and scaring Calder off, allowing Frank to escape safely. Outside the base, Frank gets a distress call from Hammond, whose war with Tom has escalated, with the man pinning her squad down. Frank finds where Tom is planning to execute Hammond and ambushes him. After freeing Hammond from his grasp, the pair are able to finally kill Tom. Hammond and her group then offer to help Frank get back to the sewers, where he can pursue Calder. Frank soon finds Calder, surprisingly speaking in English, to his group of mutated, or rather, evolved, zombies. Calder then prepares to destroy the drive of Barnaby's research to prevent mankind from using it, but Frank throws a rock at him, causing Calder to drop it. Frank grabs the hard drive, then makes a mad dash to escape, as Calder's zombies give chase while he throws explosives at Frank. Eventually, Frank is able to escape safely with the hard drive, and he examines its contents. After learning that it contains all of Barnaby's research, and realizing that it will put Frank back on the top of the journalism community, however, he finds himself held at gunpoint once again by Vic. Vic demands Frank hand over his camera, as well as all of Barnaby's data, stating that this time they're going to do it the right way, and not just sell the story to the highest bidder. Vic runs off, and Frank gives chase. Before Frank can catch Vic, however, Calder finds her first. Calder takes Frank's camera and destroys it, breaking the chain, as the evolved zombie puts it. Frank then battles Calder, but finds himself extremely outmatched. Vic recovers and offers her help, unlocking a gate to allow Frank to don an exosuit that's inside. Vic tries to provide an escape for Frank by hijacking a breaker box, but gets electrocuted, knocking her out and leaving Frank to handle things himself. Frank finally defeats Calder, with the zombie's last words being, The chain remains. Frank rushes over to Vic and carries her to Brad. Sometime later, she awakens and reveals to Frank that she had taken the SD card containing all of the data out of Frank's camera before Calder took it. The pair then agree to collaborate on the story together, splitting everything 50-50. Frank, Vic, and Brad then fight their way to the roof of the mall for helicopter evac. When they get there, Frank holds off a zombie attack as they await the chopper. 
Brad and Vic get on board, but Frank is pulled from the chopper by a massive group of zombies, evolved and otherwise. He tells them to keep their eye on the prize, and Vic and Brad then fly off to safety, living to tell Frank's tale. Unbeknownst to Brad and Vic, Frank survived the zombie attack. Somewhat. After the attack, the experimental wasps enter Frank, and he awakens as one of the evolved zombies. He goes back into the mall, but Hammond comes across him and shoots him. Recognizing him, Hammond takes him to Dr. Blackburn, who insists that the treatment she was researching is working on Frank. Despite Hammond's objections, Blackburn allows Frank, who has retained his intelligence and personality, to go freely on his own, but warns him that the government will be firebombing the city in just 90 minutes to cover up Obscurus's mess. Blackburn leads Frank to Calder's body and has him absorb the wasps from his corpse to alter the DNA in his zombie parasites. The pair then realize that Frank must return to Barnaby's machine to be cured. Frank finds more wasps across Willamette and absorbs them as he collects items for Blackburn to use Barnaby's machine. After retrieving all of Blackburn's supplies, as well as finding all of the immature queen or princess wasps in the area, Frank reunites with Hammond, who plans to hijack an Obscurus evac helicopter. After proving to Hammond that he isn't a danger, Frank helps her and her group hold off Obscurus forces as they launch a surprise attack. Afterward, Blackburn reveals that she had tipped Obscurus off about the hijacking, hoping to study Frank instead of curing him. Frank deals with Obscurus to clear a path for Hammond, and then finds Blackburn. Frank threatens to kill Blackburn, forcing her to help him use the treatment machine to cure himself. After successfully activating the machine and returning himself to his human form, curing him of zombieism for the second time, Frank is able to get to the evac helicopter, finally escaping Willamette with Blackburn, Hammond, and the other survivors. Afterward, Frank writes a book about his experiences as a zombie, but the public don't believe a word of it. Frank's collaboration with Vic Chu, however, finally exposes the government's repeated involvement in zombie research, as well as the outbreaks. With the truth finally revealed, Frank West becomes a household name once again. This brings us to the end of the Dead Rising storyline, with the stories of Frank West, Chuck Green, and Nick Ramos now told. We can only wait and see if Capcom returns to their world to tell another story, be it a continuation or perhaps a what-if style tale, much like the one last game I'm going to go over. As mentioned in the intro, Dead Rising 2 Off the Record is a non-canon retelling of the story of Dead Rising 2, presenting what could have happened if it was Frank West in that scenario instead of Chuck Green. Seeing as this will retread a lot of what I had already covered in the Dead Rising 2 section of this video, I'll be breezing over quite a bit, focusing more on the differences in the plot than the similarities. With that being said, let's get right into the story of Dead Rising 2 Off the Record. After the events in Willamette, Frank West becomes somewhat of a celebrity. But after several scandals lead to his public image getting sullied, he falls into financial ruin. 
In an attempt to recover what he's lost, Frank decides to get back in the game by heading to Fortune City and participating in the Terror is Reality game show, where he wrestles and kills zombies in a ring. While Frank wins the competition, as well as the prize money, he feels more like a loser after realizing he's further given up his dignity. When Frank goes to exit the arena, he spots the show's host, Tyrone T.K. King, speaking with another man about something very important, but very secretive. Frank photographs them and notices that the second man is carrying some kind of explosive device. Frank is caught by some of T.K.'s security and is forced to fight them before entering an elevator to leave the arena, brushing with T.K.'s twin assistants on the way. An explosion rocks the elevator, and when Frank exits, he finds all of Fortune City now overrun with zombies. Frank makes his way to an emergency shelter, meeting his fellow survivors, including Fortune City security officer Raymond Sullivan and the Cure Zombie Rights activist leader Stacy Forsyth. Frank, still infected from Willamette, needs Zombrex, and Stacy agrees to help him find some. After getting the Zombrex, Frank explores Fortune City and finds several psychopaths roaming, including Chuck Green, who lost his daughter and now cares for a doll in her stead. Frank soon sees a news report by Rebecca Chang, showing the man he saw talking to TK planting the bomb that started the outbreak. The media blames Cure for the action, and Stacy recruits Frank's help to clear their name. Frank eventually comes across Rebecca, offering to collaborate with her on the story. Frank brings Rebecca back to the safe house, and they agree to work with Stacy to find the truth. Eventually, Stacy and Frank watch the man Frank saw speaking with TK on one of the security monitors. Stacy states that he's a member of Cure, leading Frank to suspect that maybe the group did have something to do with the outbreak after all. While Stacy states that he must have been a plant to set them up, Frank decides to find the man himself to question him. Frank eventually finds him in a bathroom, clearly having lost his sense of judgment. Frank is forced to fight the man, and in his defeat, he takes his own life. Frank storms back to Stacy, who maintains Cure's innocence before spotting something going on at the maintenance tunnel. Frank heads there to find TK moving equipment on a train, and he hops onto it to learn from TK that he had paid the Cure member to start the outbreak. Frank isn't able to learn much more as TK breaks away from him. Frank returns to Stacy and Rebecca to explain that TK is behind the outbreak, then stops his men from stealing from the casino's vaults. Later, TK captures Rebecca, telling Frank to bring a ransom to a nightclub that night. Frank does so and fights the twins, who have Rebecca hostage. After defeating the twins, Frank stops TK from escaping in a helicopter, capturing him and bringing him back to the safe house. The military arrive soon after and begin to clear out the area, but a noxious gas arises from the sewers and causes the zombies to grow stronger. Rebecca gets caught by the military, and Frank rescues her, bringing her back to the safe house. There, Frank determines that TK was instructed to set up cure by somebody else, indicating some larger operation. Zombies attack the safe house, forcing Frank to act quickly to prevent them from fully breaching their security. In the process, however, TK is bitten and infected. Frank gives TK some Zombrex, ensuring that he'll be able to survive the events to pay for his crimes. 
After learning of an imminent bombing of Fortune City by the military, Frank decides to head underground to find the source of the gas. Frank soon traces the gas to a large machine, operated by Phenotrans employees. Frank clears out the zombies and employees in the area, taking their computer as evidence as he leaves. As Rebecca investigates the computer to learn that Phenotrans is behind the outbreaks in order to drive up their stock prices, Stacy suddenly grabs Sullivan's pistol and shoots Rebecca. Stacy then shoots Sullivan as well, revealing that she was part of TK's plot, but releasing the tape wasn't part of her plan. Stacy is able to rush off, and Frank follows, finding her in a theme park operating a large mech. Stacy reveals that she was truly a phenotrans plant all along, manipulating Cure to create outbreaks all over the country to drive up demand for Zombrex. Frank is then able to defeat Stacy's mech, leading to her death. In the wake of the battle, he calls Channel 6 Action News and tells them the truth, asking them to come save the survivors. Frank soon learns that TK is missing, however, and gets a call from him, revealing that not only is Rebecca Chang alive, but that he has her captive. Frank then works for TK reluctantly to get him various supplies before he meets him face to face. Frank defeats TK in battle, ultimately killing him. This allows Frank to save Rebecca, and the pair leave the arena, walking towards an unknown future together. And with that, I've covered the storyline of Dead Rising, for real this time. I hope you all enjoyed this trip back through the franchise, as it was a lot more work than my original attempt. I really do hope that you thought it was fantastic. Hey everybody, thanks for watching. This video, like all of the others on What You Need to Know, could only be possible thanks to the patrons and channel members on screen, and you can help out by becoming one of them as well. Links in the description. Otherwise, just leave me a comment letting me know what you'd like to see next. Do make sure you join the Discord, follow on Twitter, all that fun stuff that's in the description as well, so you can talk to me and keep me sane as I work on these videos. Thanks again, and see you next time. Subscribe to my podcast, Bucket Bites.